What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. It's the most entertaining thing in the world. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm schwitzing like a piece of tuna fish. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's French Thievery Corporation, the time we lost our way. It's about this topic, and you are the best at it, Dylan Hernandez, at showing us not cynicism, but the other side of the story. And in the case of Freddie Freeman, the article you wrote saying, hey, stop having such a love affair with the Atlanta Braves. You're a Dodger now. Get that out of your system. And then Clayton Kershaw embracing that as well. I believe what you did now made us all appreciate Freddie Freeman even more, and especially Freddie Freeman appreciating us that much more. Tell us a little bit about that article and the impact it had on you. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, I mean, I think we need to go back probably to the beginning of this, right, when when the Dodgers first signed him. Uh, And, you know, I think really the reason he ended up here was that the Braves didn't want him. At least they didn't want him on the terms that he was asking for. Hmm. And so, you know, and now... At at that point, I was actually kind of on his side on this thing in terms of, you know, the Braves, right, because it's a publicly traded company, we see their financial information. They made $100 million in profit last year. Hmm. You know, and here's a guy who's a franchise cornerstone, and they couldn't give this guy one more year Hmm. um, for everything he's done over the years for them and built them into a champion. Um, You know, now that said... Uh, so at his introductory press conference, he comes in and he's very, you know, everything is about the Braves not wanting him. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't talking to me, this and that. Mm-hmm. And which is fine. He said his piece. But I think what happened after that was that the fans in Atlanta uh, kind of turned on him at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Because fans usually tend to be more. Right, they'll usually defend the team over like in the individual player. Mm. And I think that after that, then his stance kind of started to change, right? Immediately he started making peace. He went on this like, you know, put on this big show about making peace with the GM, the guy who basically discarded him. Mm. Um, you know, and so to me, it just kind of the whole thing just looked really just kind of like orchestrated, right? And like, mm. here's the thing, right? Is he, Look, you earn free agency as an athlete. You have the right to negotiate with anyone. You have the right to go chase the money. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I have no issue with a player, right, especially the way the teams treat a lot of these athletes. They treat them as commodities. Mm-hmm. Look, if you're, you want to get the money while you can, that's fine. Now, mm-hmm. there's a cost to everything that you do, right? And in this case, you know, you leave a team, right? There's, there is a value, say, just staying in one place your entire career. You know, I'm sure, say, a guy like Clayton Kershaw could have actually, as much as he's been paid, he could have been paid more money Mm-hmm. had he wanted, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have even fought the Dodgers to get more money. They probably would have given in even. But once you kind of start that negotiating process, like anything can happen. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Kershaw would have had to finish his career out in New York or something, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, by staying a Dodger, he became that guy that all the fans loved. I mean, that's kind of part of the package here. He mm-hmm. gave up money, but he has public adoration. And so to me, you know, I had no issue with Freeman, you know, insisting, hey, I want to be paid when I'm worth. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he, he left and usually, right, fans get upset that's fine too uh, it just felt to me that he wanted it both ways right so yeah in his case he wanted the fans of atlanta to still love him um you know yet at the same time i mean he still wanted his money obviously i mean mm-hmm. he was talking about how much he loved the Braves, but at the end of the day he wanted that sixth year more than he wanted to stay in atlanta 
mm-hmm. right? And um, so that was the part that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, right? And like he went to Atlanta and starts crying, and you know, and I think like in our business, a lot of times too, you know, and there are, part of it is that there are time constraints, right? It's really hard to kind of write on the spot, and when and so anytime like people cry or kind of show emotion, I think that people kind of fall back on the quickest narrative, so to speak, because it's easiest to write, you know, and again, like, I, you know, the, the, the writers that were there you know, on the day that Freeman was crying and stuff, I mean, they're under tremendous deadline pressure, you know, mm-hmm. so you just kind of have to bang this thing out. And, you know, so no one really kind of questioned this thing, right? It was too nuanced of a thing to kind of really be able to get into. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically, you know, a couple of days later, I had the, you know, I had the benefit of having some time. I actually waited for him to come back to Los Angeles to give him an opportunity to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's kind of the other part of this is that, um, you know, I, I don't like, talk to these guys necessarily because I want to, you know, I feel like, in, especially in a case like this, where hmm. I'm going to criticize the guy for his behavior, I'm giving him an opportunity to change my mind, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe to tell me, you know what, you got this wrong, right? There's, there's, mm-hmm. this is the whole story here, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, even after like a game, right? I mean, there's no real, it's not fun to, you know, a guy messes something up, whatever, you go talk to the guy after the game. I mean, there's no, that's not a fun experience. Right. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I tend to do these things a lot, but it's, I do it as, almost as like giving this guy an opportunity to tell his side of the story. Uh, so I put in a request to the Dodgers PR department. I told them exactly what I was going to write. I think this guy's trying to have it both ways. I'm going to rip him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, that's what I was communicated with him. A PR guy told me he doesn't want to talk. Even then, I waited uh, that day. I stayed for the entire game. I caught him after the game and I'm like, hey, are you sure you don't want to say anything? I just want to give you an opportunity to talk, you wow. know. Um, wow. So, wow, Dylan. Yeah, so, so I just, you know, at that point, I was like, okay, he, don't, he doesn't want to talk. Hey, I, honestly, at that point, it's almost easier for me, right? Right, Because, right. you know, it's I can just write exactly what I feel. And so I just kind of wrote out, yeah, you know, this mm. felt really kind of contrived. And uh, I think really he's just trying to have it both ways, you know. And it's, awesome. it's interesting the way that thing was received because I think like most of the fans, at least like the ones on Twitter, which is I know like that's like the most like extreme, like 10% of people, mm. you know, so – Reaction there was like overwhelmingly bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I haven't heard one word, uh, one negative word from anybody who knows the guy. <laughs> no, I, I so. listen. I'm a fan of yours, and I'm just sitting there going, "Oh my god!" I did not even see it that way. If it wasn't for you, it's keep doing what you're doing, Dylan. I where does it come from? Your mom, your dad? Where do you where do you get this from?